0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, Chargers fans. Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. Yesterday, we just wrapped up our free agency mock simulation. So now I wanted to take it one step further and look at how the charters could address the remaining positions of need following our mock draft simulation. So if you have not seen it yet, you can go through and look at how we did the, the cap calculations, the guaranteed numbers and all that sort of stuff, who we added, who we let go. But just for a quick recap, if you have not seen it, we retained Chenin Mosu and Mike Williams. Those were the two big names that we kept. Obviously, Odeyabushi, Dustin Hopkins, Overton, Parham on the tender, Guyton on the tender. They could do an extension. They could not tender them. We just did that to make it easy. Uh, Steven Anderson and Scott Quessenberry were all kept. And then we added, here's the big names that we added. That's Akeem Hicks, the defensive tackle. The nose tackle, Sebastian Joseph Day. Safety, Jerron Curse. Right tackle, Morgan Moses. And then, of course, the all-purpose back wide receiver, Cordero Patterson. And then we did set $14 million aside for the 11 draft picks. And then, of course, emergency in-season cap. That's kind of what Arjun suggested that we set aside. So we did that. And a lot of people aren't really doing that. But of course, it is important. They have 11 draft picks, and they're going to need some money during the season. Typically, teams need between 5 and $10 million for in-season you know, emergency things. You know, I think Andre Roberts signed for $1.1 or something like that in the middle of the season. So, yes, you do need money uh, left over for those signings. Um, and then, of course, the guys that are gone. Kaiser White is the big one, of course. I know people are like, well, that doesn't make any sense. He's their best linebacker. Guys, that's just what we're hearing, and that's the way it looks like it's going to go. Kaiser White could return, but it's currently a reach, as we've been saying and maintained this whole time. If I'd love to be wrong, I don't think I'm going to be wrong at this point, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, We did cut Gabe Neighbors. We have designated Joshua Kelly for a post-June 1st cut. Basically, they're going to go through the the process. They have Roundtree, and someone's going to battle it out. I do think Roundtree ends up taking that job. Um, and then Linval Joseph, we did not bring back Justin Jones. We did not bring back Justin Jackson. Andre Roberts was not brought back. I do think Andre Roberts could be brought back still, even with quarter Patterson. If Patterson is just going to be your all purpose weapon, let Andre Roberts focus on punt and kick returns and be an extra wide receiver. I think they could do that. Um, Chris Harris, Jr. Is gone. Uh, Kyler Fackrell is gone. Then Jared cook is gone. There's a couple other names, of course, that are gone, but those are sort of the, the notable ones. So, The starting offense looks like this, Um, you know, it's, it's, it's generally a run it back. Look at the offense outside of upgrading at right tackle significantly with Morgan Moses. And I believe it was a two-year deal for us. And then Cordero Patterson, another two-year deal, sort of replacing Justin Jackson, but we hope to get a little bit more out of him than just that. So it's generally the same offense. I would like to upgrade this offense in the draft as well, but currently pre-draft, this is where we're at with those two big additions. More additions on defense, the two big additions, Akeem Hicks and Sebastian Joseph Day. Those are the guys that have the biggest connection to the Chargers. um, As Steven alluded to, and as we kind of pieced together, together, there's going to be some sort of change. Um, You can watch the video. Um, We didn't specify what the change was, but there's going to be some sort of coaching change that suggests that Akeem Hicks could be um, basically a priority target for them. And it makes sense anyway, like before this, but with that, I think everyone will be suggesting a keen picks as like the favorite to be signed by the team. So wait for that. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But it has happened, just not announced. Um mean Sebastian Joseph Day, I think them investing a lot early on in these guys makes a ton of sense. Why not get it done? Sort of like an offensive line, you know, makeover that they did last year. I mean, look at the difference between this offensive or last year's offensive line and this one, right? They brought in Slater, they brought in Fly, they brought in Lindsay, they brought in Abuji. You know, they had Belaga, but obviously they didn't work out, but they had four new starters and spent a lot of draft capital or money on this offensive line. So I think the defensive line could take the same approach. Um, and then, of course, in the secondary, we brought in Jerron Curse. That gives you, like, that safety, three-slot corner, box safety, whatever you want um, sort of thing there. So the, the remaining roster holes, I think, are what I want to address in the mock draft. So I know I kind of flew, flew through that very quickly, but we spent 90 minutes on our free agency mock yesterday. So I just blew through that real quick. So the roster holes remaining, the ones that I want to focus on the most in the draft are obviously slot corner. We currently do not have a true slot corner. It's, it's Keimon Hall, maybe Tavon Campbell, but there's no real slot corner there. Now that is a bit of an asterisk because because we do have Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, Jerron Curse, Mark Webb. Those guys can all work in and play and move throughout the defense, at least in the secondary, and also play slot corner. So we don't have a true slot corner there. But that doesn't mean we have nobody playing slot corner outside of Keymon Hall. We do have options there at slot corner. We saw Derwin James do that an entire game practically against the Dallas Cowboys. So anything's possible there. Um, so edge three is a big one. I have a picture of Kyler Fackrell here. He has, he's not returning. So the charges are currently with and and both of their starters from last year. And then Chris Rump, who was like, he's a year three sort of projection guy year four, maybe, but year two, that's a lot to ask for him to be at the true edge three. After showing some good things last year, but not being particularly productive or effective as, a, as an edge, not as much as a Kyler Fackrell and even with faculty, you want to upgrade over that. So edge three is a big one um, outside corner depth or starter there. That's kind of depends on what the chargers want to do. So if Asante Samuel Jr. is going to kick inside and he's your slot corner, you now need a starter on the outside or whatever it is. I think, I think the chargers will let the draft come to them. And if they find someone on the outside or slot, that'll kind of dictate where someone like Asante Samuel Jr. moves of course, they could get a starting tight end as well. Donald Parham, I assume, is going to be okay. We're assuming that in the simulation. Um, he might not be, and he might also not be there. their starting tight end to them, especially with the concussion history. They might want to go find a more movable, receiving, you know, true receiver kind of tight end and let Parham be that really, really solid tight end 1B or a really solid tight end 2, of course. And then, of course, you know we're all looking for Yak players, more speed at wide receiver. Currently, you know Jalen Guyton on a very cheap deal or tender, or whatever it is, is back. Josh Palmer, they obviously drafted, but there's still an asterisk there. And if I can upgrade in the draft at you know speed at wide receiver or yards after the catch, I will. Whether it's depth, whether it's a starter, who knows? I'm just going to run through this mock draft and see what happens. Uh, swing tackle competition, of course, all we have is, is Trey Pipkins and that's fine. Like I feel okay with him as a swing tackle right now based on what he showed in those two games. But you could bring someone else in if they have another tackle on the roster, kind of like when they had Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins, find another guy day three just to be some competition. I'm okay with that. Currently, defensive tackle and nose tackle does not have a lot of depth. Right now, it's, it's Jerry Tillery, Joe Gaziano, Akeem Hicks. That's not the best defensive tackle rotation unfortunately so i also will mention jerry tillery and kenneth murray are going to be the starters like I, I don't know what to tell you they are going to be the starters unfortunately they do have that first round bias the coaches love them and i've heard there's no accountability especially with someone like a jerry tillery so yeah tillery is going to start no matter what you want unless he gets hurt same with kenneth murray so but I, I do need to find defensive tackle depth in this draft and nose tackle depth i think you know i, I like Braden foco a lot i think he's a perfect. Nose tackle two right now, right behind Sebastian Joseph Day. And I think Forrest Merrill could develop as well. But if there's an opportunity presents itself, the Chargers have met with a certain nose tackle that has not been made public yet. So if, if he's there or if another guy presents himself later on, I'll, I'll go for that. They need a punter. I'm not going to draft a punter uh, in the mock draft simulation. I don't think you can. And then, of course, they're going they're going to need a quarterback two slash three, depending on how they feel about Easton six. So uh, I'm going to jump into this mock, set, mock draft simulation right now with slot corner edge three, possibly outside corner depth, or as a starter in mind, um, tight end in mind. And of course, finding some way to make this offense more explosive. So yes, a lot of the the roster looks like right now that I kind of just did a run it back scenario, but I do think I added enough pieces where I can address maybe more valuable positions early on rather than go get a nose tackle or defensive tackle so early because I'm desperate for one or even a right tackle. I, I think going after more premium positions like corner or edge in the draft is the way to go and find those that right tackle, the the defensive tackle, nose tackle in the free agency. I think that's the way to go. So I'm going to jump into the simulation. Let's see what we find, what we end up with. I'm going to run it once. If it's bad, it's bad. But if it's good, it's good. Let's find out. All right. So the rules for this mock draft, I'm not going to do any trades here. And I'm going to try to only talk or select players, talk about or select players that I have done some research on, done some homework on, watched film on. So there's someone in here that I just don't know anything about. And you're like, why did you take him there? I'm not going to. At some point when we do the mock drafts later on, I'll certainly be more well-informed. But right now I've mostly covered edge, offensive tackle, a tiny, tiny bit of corner, wide receiver, interior defensive line. So some guys like linebacker, tight end, running back, I won't be the most informed on those. So I'm most likely going to pass on some of those, even if you're screaming at the phone or your television or your computer that I should have taken someone else. So I'm going to try to do the best I can to make this something that I can speak on rather than just guess and pretend. So here we go. Seven rounds of the mock draft. Let's see what happens. Okay, so what I'm keeping in mind in this draft, right? Yard after the catch, speed, wide receivers, or players, I guess. I'm looking at slot corner. I'm looking at outside corner. I'm looking at edge. Right? There's a number of ways I can go here. So in terms of wide receivers and the speed, I think Jamison Williams is the obvious pick there. He seems to be there every single time that you do a mock draft here. So Jamison Williams would be a good selection there. This is, I'm recording this before the combine, so I don't know either how he looks or how he tests or how, you know, I don't think enough he he's going to test, but I don't know how his medical out is what I'm saying. So we'll see there the edge guys that are there right now. George Karloftis from Purdue seems to be the only guy of the big five or six that is that remains depending on how you, you rank it right now. If I'm the chargers, you know, so, so Hutchinson and Thibodeau are definitely going to be gone. It seems like Jermaine Johnson's going to be gone. But some combination of, of Trayvon Walker, David Ojabo, and George Karloftis from Purdue are all, one of them is going to be there, I feel like, at, at 17. Whether we take him or not, I'm not so quite so sure. I do want to upgrade Edge 3, don't get me wrong. Um, Karloftis is, is super technical. I do like quite a bit about him. I think he's much further along as a pass rusher than someone like a David Ojabo or even Jermaine Johnson. Um, but it's kind of, to me, it's going to depend on how he tests and how he looks, because I think he's technically sound. I just don't know if you want a. I don't know if that's the, the outside linebacker type that's daily wants, and B, I don't know if you want like another technically sound sort of guy. I think that they would go with more like a a toolsy sort of guy at this point. So like if Ojabo were there, I probably wouldn't hesitate. Carlaptors, I like him a lot. I might even rank him ahead of someone like Ojabo just because he's he's that much more refined. I just don't know if the Chargers would go that route. Um. Tackle, obviously, we're okay with. I'm just curious. <laughs> All three tackles are here now, the, the, the supposed big three. Raymond's a, taking a big fall. Um, Jordan Davis is there. We obviously do have that taken care of with Sebastian Joseph Day, but he is there, so that's worth keeping in mind. Uh, Trent McDuffie is there. Roger McCreary, Kyler Gordon. Those guys are there at corner. Safety, Daxton Hill. I'm hearing a lot of good things about him. I just have a time to look at him. To me, at this point, you know, while I do want to upgrade at edge three, and I think Carloptis would be a good, good, like a good player as as a third edge, especially if ahead of someone like Chris Rumpf, who's more raw. I do think at this point, how can you not go with Trent McDuffie here? I think there's one play that McDuffie had. I believe it was in 2020. I watched Kyir Elam first, then I watched McDuffie. And they're both, I think, in man coverage on a shallow crosser or like a, a drag or something. And Elam kind of tries to sift through the defense but he kind of just jogs over and he he doesn't end up making the tackle on the receiver. He's supposed to be trailing, I think, or something like that. McDuffie, I'll, I'll try to find this play if I do a McDuffie breakdown. McDuffie, I think it's third and like 12, so he can keep everything in front of him. So it's a little bit easier, but he chases that wide sphere and just tackles him for like a two-yard game on almost the exact same play from left to right. McDuffie is the guy who just throw, goes way down the field and makes the tackle and just shows me something there that Elam doesn't have that's why Elam's obviously not uh, ranked so highly here. There's there's more things to that, of course. But I think at this point, if you're picking 17, right now McDuffie is the third highest rated player remaining. You could go Jamison Williams. I think you can find some guys later. Um, to me, it's, it's McDuffie, you kick Asante Samuel Jr. inside. I don't know if McDuffie's projected to play inside at all, um, but I do think McDuffie would be your outside guy. Now you have a true trio of corners that i think are, are excellent a well-paid undrafted free agent who i think will have a bounce back year a second round pick and asante samuel jr and then of course trent mcduffie so you have those three corners samuel jr in the slot you have james you have Adderley, you have curse you're developing gilman and webb i think now you have a hopefully obviously we'll see how this pans out but i think you hopefully have a complete secondary there so i am going to go with trent mcduffie i know brentley weissman who used to be a scout for the chargers is very high on him. I've done a tiny bit of homework on him, so I am comfortable taking him there, but I haven't put a final grade on him yet. But I, I do think he's a player worth taking, and I have been impressed so far. And everything you hear is that he's just going to absolutely show out at the combine. I think him and Gordon are both going to. So now we're in the second round. We're at pick 48. For some reason, I always thought it was pick 49. So sorry if I've been saying the wrong thing uh, this whole time. There's a couple routes you can go here. So wide receiver, Someone like a John Mechie, like a Christian Watson, Calvin Austin, maybe a little bit too early, but Watson and Mechie are definitely going to be here in the in the second round. Those are two targets to keep an eye on. The edge group, I love Ebiketti. I have not watched Pascal or, or Pascal, however you say his name, or Kingsley Anakbare. I have not watched him either. So I couldn't speak on those guys. So I'm going to pass. If I did not get someone like a Trent McDuffie early on, I would have gotten maybe like a, a Jalen Petre, that's how you say his name from Baylor, a guy who can play slot corner a lot. Honestly, it's tempting just to take him because he's so talented, but that'd be a very crowded DB room and we're still looking for that edge player. And as you, if you look at like Brendan Thorne's true sack rate, all the best edge guys are like the first, but definitely first round you take them, maybe second round. Like you have to take an edge player early for them to be the best. To me, based on what I know about maybe what I can get later on, hopefully, um, I, I am a huge Ebiketti fan. I think he's extremely... Underrated. I know, um, Dan, I think Daniel Jeremiah has him in top 50, if I'm not mistaken. I think at like 42, I think is his 42nd ranked prospect. Uh, TDN also he has him at 73. I think he's extremely underrated. A guy who has solid bend. Some people have said he's the best bender in the class. Maybe, I don't know. Um, guy who can win inside and outside. I think he's a guy who loves to win inside. Unlike anybody else that I've seen in this group, in this, in this pass rusher group, honestly, Um, So these other two guys ahead of him, or like someone like Sanders, Drake Jackson, maybe they're better. I don't quite know, but Ebiketti is a flashy guy who came in pretty solid. I think top 10 in our edge rusher uh, composite rankings for stats on the year. Um, You know, didn't do a whole lot at Toledo, went to Penn state and just exploded for them. I think he's someone you'd love to have as a third rusher. You know, if in Wosu and Bosa are your starters, I think Ebiketti as your edge makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to go there with Arnold Ebiketti. Just look at other guys. So obviously we took care of corners. So that's not really a thing for us right now. You know, Daniel Falele is going to be here, but we're going to take over care of right tackle. I think Christian Watson is definitely an intriguing player, but with Mike Williams back, I don't see a reason to have added him. So I'm going to go with Epic here. I'm a huge fan of him. He's definitely going to make my top eight of edge rushers. I think there's a lot of good edge rushers early on. So I think he will make my top seven or eight for sure. So currently, you know, I, I went into this needing, either a slot corner or an outside corner or outside corner depth as well. And so I think I did that with Trent McDuffie. So we got that taken care of. We got Arnold Ebuchetti as our third edge rusher. I think I'm very happy with that. I think him and Rumpf developing together is fantastic. I think it's a fantastic way to go for this defense. To this point, you can kind of have a little bit more fun with it. So, okay. Obviously I'm not taking the quarterback here. This is kind of the point where I'd start looking at wide receiver. And to me, It's definitely a different kind of player. But I think when you have Josh Palmer, you don't have to look for some of those bigger, more possession guys. At this point, you want someone who's scheme independent, right? Who can do whatever, right? Against any defense, you just get him the ball and he goes. And a guy who can contribute with speed, with quickness in the slot, maybe even outside. I am a huge, huge Calvin Austin fan. And it sounds like people are saying he's going to be the fastest guy at the Combine. So, yes, he's undersized. But if you watch him at the senior ball, there's not a person that could touch this guy. Someone like Kyle Phillips, I'm curious where he fell here. So he's 93rd on their board. I have not watched Sky Moore, so I couldn't tell you much about him. Uh, Wandel Robinson, I think there's potential there. But if you want someone who's like a, a sure receiver right out of the gate, there's no one better than Calvin Austin on this current list right now. You could look for size there. But again, you have your power forward slot guy in Palmer. You do have a, just a single burner street guy in Guyton. Austin brings something very different and unique. If I, w- I would have been tempted to go with Mechie in the second round, but I couldn't pass an Ebighetti. But I think going you know, more premium positions first and then getting someone like Calvin Austin in the third round is a fantastic way to go. You get the guy, again, who's supposed to be the fastest dude at the combine, who's a, a nine-time state champion high school uh, track runner. I forget exactly what he ran it shows this dude has played on the outside as is, is strong a strong blocker he blocked for other receivers the the six two guys behind him were getting wide receiver screens behind his blocking that's how tough this dude is I love calvin Austin so I'm gonna take him here so right now my first three picks are Trip McDuffie Arnoldebtty and Calvin Austin from Memphis I think at this point I've, at this point I've, I feel like I've solidified everything that I needed outside of some depth of course but you need your, your corner, either a starter on the outside or the inside. McDuffie's for that. Needed an edge three. Arnold is right there. Calvin Austin gives you your speed, your yak, whatever. He put the ball in his hands. Bye. He's gone. I think he's going to be a fantastic player in whatever offense he goes to. Hopefully the quarterback is, is half decent. So let's see who's remaining here. Okay. So I will say my, my big blind spot is going to be tight end. So people that are asking for a tight end in the fourth round here, I'm going to be a little bit blind spotted on that one. So I'm going to try to avoid taking a tight end, even though I do think there are. Um, sorry, I'm not going to avoid taking a tight end. I'm going to avoid talking about tight ends because I don't know them very well. There is one guy, though, I do want to take, and it just showed on here that I think the Chargers are interested in. Well, they are. The Chargers have met with Chiggy Okonkwo. Okonkwo, hopefully I'm saying that right, from Maryland. He's a guy that's maybe not the most yak sort of guy, but I think he, is like number one or two in, in contested catch rate uh, for tight ends in this class among the, the, the top tight ends. So, him, a guy the Chargers have met with, and that's why I'm going to go with him, have not watched him. But because the Chargers have met with him, and because the Chargers are really, really into taking players that they've met with before, I think they took four senior bowl guys that they met with last year. So, someone like Conquo, how can you pass him up at this point? I can kind of have fun with whatever I want because I filled honestly my three biggest needs outside of maybe finding a more defensive tackle type uh, who is available for interior defensive line. So this is definitely going to be my, my blind spot as well. I don't have a whole lot of information on like a Ridgeway. I hear good things about him. Otito Ogbonia from UCLA. Um, some of these guys at the, at the senior bowl really, really did show out, but I do think there's somebody later that I'd like to go to. I'm probably gonna have a problem filling the defensive tackle at this point because I don't know some of these guys, but you know, you can't be good at everything. So Um, At this point, I am going to go with a tight end. I am going to go with the player that they have met with at a generally good spot for him, I think, in the fourth round. Obviously, they've taken a tight end in the fourth round before. Uh, They just did it last year with McKitty. Now they go with more of a receiving weapon. Chigozim Okonkwo or Chigi Okonkwo, I'm going to go with him from Maryland. So I did find a... (sighs) He's not a starting tight end. I don't imagine that they'll assume he's a starting tight end, but I think you don't really need that when you have Parham, Anderson mckitty hopefully developing into more of a receiving weapon so i think just adding another guy to the mix to have a very strong tight end room is the way to go and listen at this point yeah, i have mike williams i have keenan allen i have calvin austin i have josh palmer i have Jalen guyton i have a good mix of guys And then yeah donald parham steven anderson so i think you don't need to go crazy and reach for a tight end okay who do i take at this point who is left okay Tyler definitely going <laughs> he's getting into his uh his weak spots here because I have not done a whole lot of homework on the guys that are later in the draft right now. Uh, we're at pick 159. Who is available? If I had not, if Mike Williams didn't return, I'd be interested in someone like a Romeo Dubs from Nevada. He's literally like four verts special. If you watch him, he just catches verts. Like it's it, that's all he does. Not really, but it it seems to be all he does because that's all they kind of asked him to do in that offense. And he was really good at it. So why not? I am definitely. Definitely at a loss right here in terms of the guys that I could take because I have not studied these guys. So I could totally lie and go with somebody. I want to try not to, but I think at this point, I'm a little bit stuck. So I'm going to pretend that the chargers do need an interior defensive lineman, defensive tackle type. I don't know who Matt Henningson is. Does he play defensive tackle a five tech and a three, four defense Eh, rotational three, four defensive end gap pretender. All right, you know what? I'm just going to go with him. I'm going to pretend that I'm going to solve my defensive tackle rotation issues with Mac Henningson from Wisconsin. I'm sorry I've not done homework on him. But then again, I think most of us at this point have not done homework on all these guys, uh, unless you're counting YouTube as homework, and that's not homework. So I'm going to go with him. It's a bit of a reach. um, Sorry, it's a bit of a stretch because I don't know who he is, but I needed to find somebody there. And I don't know anybody else in TDN's range right now. So unfortunately, I'm going to do a slight reach and go with him. In the fifth round, at least. Okay, so now we are here in the sixth round at pick 193. A couple of different ways we could go here. I, I think that there's a player that is certainly being projected way too low. So I want to try to make it a little bit more realistic. Let's if I can go all the way down to him here. Where is he? I guess I can make this easier on myself and just go with the interior of the line. Okay, so Neil Farrell from LSU. I think there's obviously an LSU connection there with Braden Fajoko. He's a player that I think showed out at the Senior Bowl, I think has good film. And so I'm very comfortable taking him. I know he's at ranked 248. I don't buy it that he's actually the 248th best player here. I know he doesn't have the most, he's not like a premium position, right? Nose tackle isn't exactly... The most premium position, but I think you want more bodies there. And I expect Fahoka to pan out as the no tackle too. But at this point in the sixth round, I'm not saying that Farrell's a dart throw, but you're in day three. So you want some guys who can, can definitely contribute there. So I'm going to go with Neil Farrell there from LSU. It does seem like a reach on TDN's board. I don't believe at all. It is actually a reach um, in the actual draft. I think he'll go, you know, maybe fifth round. Shelvin went fourth round, if I'm not mistaken. So, all right, picking in the sixth round, Again, do they have an extra sixth? One, two, three, four, five, six. Hmm. It says I'm still in round six. Do they have an extra sixth? I'm so confused. Okay, so I do want to get to some of the players that I know that they haven't met with. Let's talk about some of the players they've met with. So, um, Where is he? Did Gene D-Lance already go? That's a surprise. Oh, okay, so D-Lance already went, so never mind. Some of the safeties they've met with are Verone McKinley right from Oregon, Joey Blount from Virginia, and I believe a Caleb Evans already went in the draft. Um, okay, now there's a safety later on that I probably will take that has met with them. I think it is still worth finding a way to add special teams help versatility to your secondary. And so I think going to someone who they've met with like of Verone McKinley is not a bad option there. Let's see who else is available. Who else have they met with? I do know of some guys that they've met with, so I might just finish this uh, mock draft out Okay, you know what? I want to find an upgrade over Jalen Guyton. And I think Tyquan Thornton is a fantastic way to go there. He is, they've called him, or it's not like they, Brett Coleman and EJ Snyder talked about him as like a Marquez Valdez Scantling, um, who's a little bit more physical. I haven't watched MVS enough to say whether Thornton is more or less physical than MVS, but Thornton is a fantastic deep threat. And he's also very good at securing the football and ensuring that your quarterback Um, completes the pass. He basically is is great at plucking the football out of the air, protecting down the sideline, back shoulder fades, whatever it has to be. He's very good at that. He's only kind of a deep threat, but I think he's better than Jalen Guyton, or he could be better than Jalen Guyton as a deep threat, but with better hands. And I think that's where you want to upgrade over Guyton. Again, you know, Guyton could be brought back on a very cheap, you know, one-year deal or whatever, or the tender. I don't know what they end up doing, but I do think that doesn't mean his job is safe. So I'm going to go load up a little bit more with Taequann Thornton here and I feel very good about that. And then later, if I, I'm going to see if I can find a little bit more safety help just to help out here. There's another guy I want to pick in just a second. Okay. So one of the things that I don't remember if I talked about in the, uh, in the you know, what was left in our roster to fill, I do think that the interior offensive line does need to get one more body in there as a dart throw. I'm not saying, you know, Hymus is going to be the backup for sure, but I do think you want to add one more guy and a guy that I think is really low on here. And that's why I'm taking him is Luke Fortner, the interior offensive lineman from Kentucky. I thought he played pretty well at the Senior Bowl and in those one-on-one reps. He's a guy that some people are are a lot higher on, I think, on social media uh, than TDN's board here, obviously. (sighs) Who was it that was very high on him? Crud, it's going to annoy me. A couple of people, very well-known people and respected people, were very high on someone like a Luke Fortner. I think just based on what he looked like at the Senior Bowl, I think he's a fantastic ad A guy who can play left guard, center, or right guard. I do have them bringing back Scott Questenberry in our in our mock free agency sim, but I think Fortner as another guy to bring in. Listen, we're in the seventh round, so you know you you could you're kind of just throwing you know darts here at a dartboard. But I think bringing in someone like Fortner to compete along the interior, maybe to develop along the interior. If Questenberry is back, maybe it's on a one-year deal. Maybe he competes with someone like Fortner, and Fortner you can have for many more years. So I'm going to go with him here. I'm holding off on the secondary help for right now. They do have four or they have five edge rushers. I think having Ebiketti over fackerel is acceptable. Um, you know, I obviously know more about Fackrell, but I think um, Ebiketti has a higher ceiling, of course. Okay, so at this point, I'm at 252. The Chargers have three, three picks to close this out. So basically, I'm just, I'm just picking dudes because I feel like picking dudes. And I'm just going to go with guys that they've met with. So Verone McKinley is a safety that they have met with. Uh, very versatile player for, for Oregon, of course. Seems like people are very high on him. I think they've met with him twice. So there's definitely something there. Another DB they met with twice was Asante Samuel Jr. last year. So you never know here. Um, at this point, I'm just doing dart throw sort of things. I do know some other guys they've met with. They've met with Jareth Stearns. I did post it on my Twitter account. Um, I'm gonna actually have an interview with him in a couple of days, so look out for that. They've met with Jareth Stearns. <sighs> Would they add Jared Stearns to the roster? I think at this point they wouldn't add him to the roster. Although I, wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't be opposed. And also we could be looking at, uh, you know, punters here, but we can't draft punters, so can't do that. Um, Joy Blount they've met with, so I could talk about him or I could add him. Oh, wow, Barno's all the way down here. That's a surprise. I thought the people liked Barno more. Um, a couple of guys I'm going to go with. Okay, so there's a Stevens, Utah guy. Let me go down a little bit here. I don't want to miss him. Hopefully, I haven't missed him yet. Red Anderson I interviewed. Panashuk is super freaking productive. Him down here is crazy because he has like, like the fifth best most pro- – he's like the fifth most productive edge rusher in college football last season. So him being down here is – fascinating. Um, but he's more of a 4-3 guy, so I don't think they would take him here. Am I going insane? <laughs> so I have two picks left. Let's go with guys that they've met with. Alright, fine. Fine. Because they've met with him, I'm going to go with Jared Stearns. I probably just passed him, didn't I? Where are you, Stearns? Where are you, Chris? There you are. Okay, so I'm going to go with Jarrett Stearns. You can add him as a sort of gadget guy. If Joe Reed's not working out, congratulations. You have Jareth Stearns. Like, Hyper productive. Like he had 1,100 yards after the catch. He's not going to go to the combine. So we're waiting for his pro day to see how he tests. Um, seemed like he did really good things at the Shrine Bowl, and they've met with him. Several scouts did meet with Jareth Stearns. That's a little insider info before I meet with him. Uh, so I think there's something there. So I'm going to go with Jareth Stearns. And last but not least, I do think they need some extra help at Edge Rusher just to find another body to make it work. So I do know someone else that they've met with, and that is Luigi Velain the edge rusher from Wake Forest. I'm gonna go with him. I could also go with Uriah Leatawa, that's the edge rusher slash defensive lineman that they also have met with from BYU. He's a from he's from Compton, California. He is a Chargers fan. I could see them going there, but I don't think he fits exactly what they want. I think they go more for the upside of someone like Luigi Villane. Belaine. Was super productive. He was at Michigan. And I believe he was banged up for the two years that he was there. He was able to transfer that he played. And then he transferred to Wake Forest and had a
2: huge
1: year for himself at least. I think it was like 34 pressures, nine sacks, 18 run stops, and three force fumbles, something like that. He had a very, very good year. He's going to be your rotational, you know, developmental edge rusher piece. So I'm gonna go with Luigi Villane there and call it a draft. Man, that is hard finding guys in the seventh round when you have so many picks. Um, But also, it's kind of fun. You know, you get to add some of these guys to it. So um, I think at this point, I've filled the needs that the Chargers had as starters. And then I just found, you know, some of the best depth guys that I possibly could. Some that they maybe need. Some that just beat out future guys or current guys, whatever. So Trent McDuffie, he's going to be a starter. Arnold Albuquerque is going to be your edge three. Calvin Austin is going to work in. I think as your wide receiver four/slash five. So your receiver room would look like it would be Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. Honestly, I would say Calvin Austin, then Jalen Guyton, then Tyquan Thornton. I think Thornton and Guyton are basically just battling it out at this point. If it's a special teams value thing, I don't know what Thornton could offer. Honestly, Calvin Austin at that point is probably the still the guy I would I would give, you know, special team stuff to. So, it's kind of just a battle for those guys. The battle of the day, you know, undrafted free agent versus day six, day three pick, sixth round pick. I don't really care. Just, just pick somebody um, and find someone you can have for a little bit cheaper. Uh, I went with the guys that they've met with at tight end. So, um, Chiggy Conquo from from Maryland, uh, Veron McKinley, they've met with Jarrett Stearns, they've met with Luigi Villain, they've met with from Wake Forest. So, you know, whether they're actually the picks there, I don't know. But I think picking someone there that they've met with um, works out. I did select someone here that they have met with that is not public yet. Um, spoiler, I guess I don't know if that's ever going to come out. I know it's happened. I've asked for permission. I do not have permission to talk about it, so I'm not going to mention it. But there is someone between 17 and 255 here, or it's one of those that the Chargers have met with. I have selected that person specifically because they've met with him. So that's something. Um, I feel good about this. I think the Chargers. Have, so they have, let's see, one, two, they have four new starters. Eh. If curse is a starter to you, then they have four new starters on defense. They have Trent McDuffie, who I've selected here. They have Akeem Hicks. They have Sebastian Joseph Day. And they have Jerron curse as their new starters. You've bolstered your secondary. You've definitely bolstered your, your front, um, your defensive tackle and low tackle group. I'm a little worried about the defensive tackle spot at this point. I don't know anything about Henningsen. So I couldn't tell you whether that's like officially taken care of or not. But as we've seen, Jerry Tillery plays like 85% of the snaps per game, unfortunately. So, I, I mean, who else is going to, you know, you're not going to spend a super early pick on someone if Jerry Tillery is just the starter the whole rest of the way. So I, I'm a little bit worried about the defensive tackle rotation, but I think someone like Nero, you know, going back to back with Henningson and then Farrell, you have Fahoka who kind of can play that split hybrid Covington sort of role. You have Hicks, you have D- Joseph Day. You know, I think one of those guys, not, not like the greatest injury history between the two starters that I signed. So I think going with two interior defensive linemen, even if they're not projected to be starters going with two to bolster with Fajoko, um, I think it's a really good way to go. I feel good about this. Um, you can only run through this mock draft once, otherwise it becomes a whole new mock draft. So there are definitely some things that I am missing here. Obviously a quarterback, a punter. Um, I'd like more corner depth, I think, but at this point you do have three starters, a corner, Campbell's your fourth corner. Eh. And you also have um, plenty of safeties to work with here. Guys who have worked in the slot, some outside. And of course you have your already starting safeties who are very good there. So I'm okay with this. Like if they went into the the season with this group, you know, I think the main holes are taken care of. I think there's enough depth here. I think they become a more exciting offense without going crazy expensive I mean, at this point, they can't go crazy expensive, right? They go with Mike Williams. There's really no money left over. They got to find guys in the draft. So Calvin Austin, explosive slot receiver, a receiving tight end, of course, an explosive deep threat in Taequann Thornton. I think you find guys and, and a yak guy like Jareth Stern. So we have a yak guy in Sterns, a sort of yak guy, but also just a fast freaking slot receiver in Austin, receiving tight end, a burner in Thornton. I think now you found guys at you know the screen level, intermediate level, slot as a in middle of the field, tight end. And as a burner, I think you found, or I found, I don't know if it's also able to do this guys at different levels to come in and compete and just in, in just what's the word I'm looking for. Inject some life into this offense. So uh, what do you guys think is my team complete? What am I missing? We do have some money left over from emergency stuff as well. So without trading, that's what I ended up with. Let me know what you guys think of this group. Um, does it suck? Is it great? I don't know guys take care. Thanks for watching all the way to the end. Uh, if you like this, pre- no one's watching anymore. If you like this, make sure to like, subscribe, uh, comment, please. I love comments. I'll always respond to the comments. So let me know in the comment section below what you think. Guys, take care. and As always, bolt up.
2: mypatriotsupply.com